Hello, and welcome back, or welcome for the first time to Playtime. My name is Andrew Barnett. I am a child therapist who lives and works in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina, and this is a podcast dedicated to play therapy and child therapy coming at both of those things from a child-centered perspective. And it's been a year of playtime, and I wanted to give myself a year when I started this podcast, and I'm really grateful for... Everyone who's listened, who's told someone else about it, who's reached out to let me know that it's had an impact on them, or who's submitted questions, and shoot, enough people are listening, and I guess I still have more things to say, so let's uh, let's give it another year and see how that how that goes. But again, thank you to everyone who's uh, listened and, and offered any kind of support. But without further ado... Let's get into the topic of the day, and the topic of today is projection in play and coupling that with assessment of how a child is doing in treatment. What each child plays in a play therapy session or in life is uniquely theirs, and there are certainly lots of people with lots of different ideas regarding how a child comes to play the things that they play, and what a child chooses to play, and how they choose to use their time when they are playing, and especially in a play therapy setting when the play is solely directed by them, is based on... We could say a number of factors. It's based on their unique personality. It's based on their unique life experiences. It is based on their developmental stage and what they might be trying to move through or learn about their experience. But regardless, especially when we're talking about, say, not just building blocks to make a tower to prove that you can build blocks or some kind of play that's maybe more competitive, even though those are still unique kinds of play and still important kinds of play. And it's still the child projecting their play onto the situation. But when I'm speaking about projection, I am, in general, talking more about those times when a child is imprinting emotions and imprinting dynamics and imprinting struggles onto the play that they're doing. And I'm sure for any of us who's played with a child in an imaginative space, we can imagine what this might look like. You could have doctor play where someone is the doctor and someone is the patient, and the patient could be any number of things. They could be calm and settled and receptive to whatever healing that the doctor has. The patient could be scared of what's going to happen. They're going to get a shot, and they're going to feel pain, and they don't like that kind of pain. Maybe they hear some bad news, and they feel sad about it. And the doctor can similarly be in a different kind of role. The doctor could be caring and sweet and calming with the healing that they're delivering in terms of being a doctor. They could also be gruff. They could also be intentionally causing pain. I can think of different children who have played out that doctor scenario in numerous kinds of ways. And what they choose to project onto that play is significant to them and part of all of our growth as people, whether we're children or whether whether we're adults, is identifying our projections, understanding our projections, getting to know our projections, and getting to shift the ways that we see the world through knowing it and through living it out. And I'd like to share a little bit about something else that may seem tangential, but I believe is related to projection. Lately, I've become 
interested in learning the tarot and doing tarot readings, and that's not necessarily because I believe that tarot is some mystical experience that that transcends or taps into something magical. I mean, there are people who believe that about tarot. If, if, if you are someone who has done tarot readings, it can certainly feel that way at times with the cards that are drawn. But tarot, at the end of the day, is a bunch of pictures that are put onto cardboard cards, and each picture means something different. And then when you put those pictures together, it can form something that for the person who is getting the reading done, they can project their current life situation onto the tarot. The tarot is a projective tool, and it allows someone to have a framework and have some cards in place and have the tarot reader who can mediate their relationship with the cards, elucidate some more meaning behind the cards to increase the depth and quality of the projective experience that's happening. And what the tarot then allows someone to do is to understand and live inside of their projections more fully, to move through those projections, to live out those projections, and then move on to something else in their growth as a person. As adults, we often have pretty limited opportunities to be able to come to know and understand what our projections are, where those projections came from, how we're living through our projections with the goal of being able to have a different experience of life and to live outside of those projections that we've been trapped inside of. For children and for children in play and for children in play therapy, they get to project onto us and onto the play whatever they want to or would like to or feel compelled to do. I don't want to suggest that children are necessarily choosing to project X, Y, or Z thing onto the play. They are Their projections are simply a map of where they are inside of their psyche, the struggles that they're moving through, the emotions that are present for them, the scenarios and situations and past experiences that are still living inside of them, and they're able to re-experience those things through the play, they're able to inhabit and embody their projections through the play, and then play evolves and play moves in play therapy sessions and those play scenarios change and as they change we get a glimpse into how the child is changing how their psyche is changing and those projections are at the heart of why play is valuable and why it's healing and how it helps people grow and the basis of what we do as child-centered play therapists is by providing that space that is entirely child-led, is we want that child to project themselves in the room as much as possible. That projection space is where the healing happens, and we walk that delicate dance between being there with the child, inhabiting those projections with them, and also not being too leading in the play, not being too charismatic in the play, not inhabiting those projections so much that they become ours and they're no longer the child's. Some that's been talked about on playing the part and roles in session on a previous podcast. But it is our belief as play therapists that those projections are where healing happens and where healing occurs and that creating a space where a child feels comfortable enough and confident enough and has enough of a relationship with us that's built on trust and mutual respect that they can project into the situation whatever it is that they need to project in order to get back to a place of wholeness. So if that space of projecting in a session is where healing happens, 
then it's important for us to talk about what growth looks like for a child, what healing looks like for a child. And we look for those things inside of how are the projections of this child into this session changing and shifting and evolving as we continue working together. The most common one for me, or for at least the most easy one to identify when it occurs, is when we have a projective scenario with a child where there's constantly some sort of a, a struggle in terms of we have a heroine or hero who is under attack or a family that's under attack from various other elements. And those elements, these creatures or monsters or soldiers or whoever it is, continue to do harm to this family and they end up trapped somewhere. And a lot of times with this play, I can find with children that it can just stop at that point, especially early on when we're dealing with these things. And the introduction of a healing element, whether that's in the form of the family finally being able to create a home for itself, where it's safe and where it's protected, whether the hero or heroine is able to receive some kind of assistance or support from other forces themselves, whether those forces are internal inside of themselves or external in terms of uh, allies or friends who are able to come in and help out against these other attacking elements. And then we can see that as, ah, the child is now projecting some safety into this situation. Let's say if they've built a home or something else that can't be hurt, something that's invincible. They've created a structure inside of themselves internally that's safe and that's secure, and they're moving towards being able to be comfortable and confident and safe and whole inside of themselves. Maybe these healing elements come in and we're like, ah, this child is now projecting support, which would we can infer would lead them to be more able to be receptive to whatever supports in terms of other people in their environment that they can receive support from. If a child is projecting onto their environment and play that the world is a threat, we can pretty safely assume that that's what they're projecting outside of the session, that it doesn't matter how many people are coming up to this child and saying that they want to help them if the child is perceiving that the world is simply full of threats and that people sometimes say things that aren't true. And we're, they're not crazy for feeling that way. Most of these children may have had examples in the past or experiences in the past where they were lied to or where they were manipulated or where they made, were made to feel unsafe. But then they've begun to project this onto the world. Then they live the, out those projections in session, can access other elements of their experience, and then can go out and maybe be receptive to the supports in their environment. I can think of many children, especially boys, not exclusively boys, but especially young boys, who will have this desire for power and control when they're with me in session. They'll want to control where I am and what I do and where I'm sitting, and often in a way that can be kind of aggressive. Maybe they're even pushing physical limits with me and trying to cause me pain, and obviously we said limits on those things. I try to find creative ways for them to be able to still live inside of that projection while also uh, protecting my physical safety. And often what we'd be looking for in that scenario is for that child to feel more relaxed in that space, to no longer be projecting onto our relationship this need to like, I need to control this person and let them know that I'm in power and I'm in charge. And when they feel that mutual respect and intimacy, ah, that can soften. They're no longer sort of coming at us with that, 
aggression and need for control and need for power because they've already established that they're a powerful person. We've let them know that they're safe in the space. We've let them know they're respected in the space. And perhaps that then transfers outside of session. If their projections in session are changing, we hope and can assume that the projections outside of session are changing. That maybe that child can be more flexible and dynamic. Maybe there's still situations in their life where they do need to feel in power and control. But then maybe there's other situations where they can begin to recognize, because their projections have changed, that they don't actually have to inhabit that space of being aggressive and being powerful because there are people in their world who they can have a mutual relationship with and that they can benefit and gain from that relationship and being in harmony with someone rather than trying to develop this hierarchy where they're at the top. A child's projections let us know the lenses through which they see the world. And with all children, especially in child-centered play therapy, we're always in search more or less, and search is a poor word because these things will just present themselves as they present themselves. We believe in the self-actualizing tendency of every human being, but especially the self-actualizing tendency of children who are not quite as hardened in their neuroses as we are as adults. So in some sense, we're always looking for a child to relax the projections that they come into session with. I've given the example of, say, more aggressive controlling play. I've also, you know, toyed around with that doctor play with all the different projections that we can have in that space and with safety in terms of an attacking force. I've also had plenty of children come in who come in scared or anxious who might want me to have my eyes closed and not see what they're doing because they have some perfectionist tendencies and they're worried about people seeing the things that they do or create because they're afraid of being judged or not being good enough, who might be scared of just that kind of attention from another person, children who regress, and we talked about regression a couple episodes ago, to an animal or a baby play. And we're always looking then in those situations for a child to come into themselves, to come into being comfortable in relationship with us, to not be bringing in this fear and shame and whatever else that they project onto the scenario and then create these situations where they need to feel safe. We, of course, accept and respect whatever projections a child comes in with because the goal is to move through those projections and they are the only ones who are capable of knowing what their projections are, of bringing their projections into the room and then moving through those projections. We can't, we can't know what those things are for a child. And so in all of those cases, what we're looking for is a softening of the projections or a changing of the projections, whether it's them being more sort of more scared or anxious, them being more assertive and calm and comfortable in the space. If they're looking to be controlling and want power, that they can relax that need for power and have more of a mutual relationship. If there are characters in a play that are under attack and they keep getting hurt by these other elements, we're looking for those protective spaces in that kind of play. We're always looking for the child to shift those projections into a space of equilibrium that's in line with themselves as a person and not just in line with the projections, which ultimately are things that perhaps they have inherited from their experiences, from their family dynamics, and from just their struggles developmentally as a person. That shifting of the projections allows them to grow. It allows them to evolve. And when a child is moving and changing inside of that play space, 
when we can feel those projections changing, that's when we know that the work that we're doing is working. And viewing children through the lens of projections is a helpful way at times to see them for adults because then we don't take the things that children do quite as personally as we did before. If we can understand that this child that we're working with is seeing lots of people in their environment as a threat, then we can know that that's not personal necessarily to their relationship to us and that there are things we can do to honor that they feel that way, to name that they feel that way, and help them move through that projection with us instead of fighting that projection. And that's sort of easier to do, say, when a child is being, when their projections are clear, right? If a child is like fighting against all the authority figures in their environment and has trouble being intimate with with other peers, we can we can say, try to get to know what their projection is better and live inside of it with them, or at least spend some time doing that rather than simply punishing children for not obeying people who they don't maybe trust in the first place. But we can also, as adults, understand that we project all the time. Everyone projects all the time. And understanding the projections that we place onto children, saying like, this child doesn't like me, or this child doesn't respect me, or this child doesn't understand, blah, 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 blah. Seeing what our emotional reactions are to children, what that brings up in us, what lenses we're viewing them through, and if that lens is actually connected to reality, or if it's just part of our own projective system. And there's no reason to feel shame about that. We all project all the time. I do plenty of my own therapy so that I can understand as a therapist, what are my projections? What am I projecting onto children? Where do I get caught in my own personal experience of life and whatever pain that I've acquired or whatever things that I've acquired that don't actually relate to every person on the planet? They're just part of my own personal lenses. And all of that is to say that projection is at the heart of play, and projection is at the heart of the human experience. And the more we can understand our own projections and honor the projections of children and allow them to move through it, the more we'll be able to evolve both as individual people, but then we can also allow children to inhabit their projections and find their own healing and find their own direction through their own lenses that they've gotten stuck in themselves. And that's all I've got for this episode of Playtime. Thank you for listening. Please rate and review and subscribe and all of that good stuff. It helps the show get more reach. Tell a friend. That's actually, honestly, even more helpful. If you would like to check out more content, go to barnettchildtherapy.com where I've got couple titles in the child Center book series as well as an abstract art workshop so if you're interested check those things out as always you can get in touch with me if you'd like to at barnettchildtherapy at gmail.com and yeah i will see you next time Thank you.